Welcome to Sausage on a Fork, a podcast dedicated to the UK's longest-running children's drama programme, Strange Hill. My name's Neil, and in each episode, I'll interview a former cast member about their life before, during and after their time on the programme. Okay, welcome to the latest episode of Sausage on a Fork, and I am absolutely delighted to say that I have been joined by none other than Jamie Golding, who played Grimbo Pike. <laughs> Jamie, welcome to Sausage on a Fork. Thank you for having me. No, not at all, not at all. What we'll do, Jamie, is we'll start the way we start every episode, and yeah. if you can tell us how you first got into acting. Uh, well, I was... I got in, my mum was into amateur dramatics in my hometown in uh, Basildon in Essex, uh-huh. uh, and I used to kind of I think my first experience on stage that I remember was I was playing the arms of a tree behind this in a pantomime somewhere, and then the next I was playing Toto the dog uh, in in Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Brilliant. Then, uh, then I did uh, uh, Bugsy Malone, and I was Knuckles in Bugsy Malone. All oh, right, okay. It was like a it was directed by a professional director, but it was all amateur kids. Yeah. And uh, I got picked up by an agent there. And then that's that's how I got into it. And I was about, I was about 10 then, I think. Brilliant. And so you played Knuckles in Bugsy Malone. And could, yeah. you, could you actually do the, the Knuckle crack? No, they used, um, <laughs> you know, a, a tablet um, bottle that, you know, you have to push down. Right. If, yeah. if you don't push it down, it makes that... Yeah, yeah, they use that in the, right. in the orchestra oh. pit. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Okay, so you got picked up by an agent there, and did you get much work? Yeah, I, I, my first job, I, if, I think, was um, there used to be a program called The Right to Reply, right? Uh, where people used to write in letters to Anne Robinson or whoever and say, Why, oh, why, oh, why? Yeah. And they did a kid's version, and I did, I read the letters out, uh, oh, right. the kids' letters, and then. I think I did a couple of adverts and things like that, but my first real big job, I think, was Les Miserables uh, in in the West End. Wow, brilliant! Was there was there anyone in that who we we may have known? Um, who when well, I was the little boy in it, so I was only about thirteen or something. So I think um, I think Denise Van Outen was one of the kids in it as well. Right. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, God, it's a long time ago. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. All right, fair enough. And so. Did you attend any? Did you get to? Did you go to like any state school or or anything? No, like I just went to normal school. Um, I, I, I at the same time I was approached by this agent. I was approached by uh, Sylvia Young, which is another. Right. They were the biggest um, yeah. name at the time, and probably still are. Um, but I'd already committed to this other agent, so I went with them. And I just went to normal school and used to take days off for auditions, and it was a bit more relaxed in those days and that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, I said to you before we started, I use IMDb as my uh, my, my source. <laughs> of, <your> list. <laughs> yeah, and the first thing that you you're down for there is Dodgem. Yeah, nineteen ninety one. We're obviously with with Sean Maguire who had yeah. left Grangehill at that yeah. point. Um, yeah, and or so so your 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 paths crossed. There, one going from Grangehill, one on his way towards Grangehill. Exactly, yeah. um, and. I mean, that, that was sort of like your first sort of uh, big telly thing, was it? Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, Lucy Speed was in it as well. And, and a very young um, Hugh Bonneville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, uh, was in there as well, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, a lot of, that, was, that was good fun. It was a big learning curve, that yeah. one. I've gone a lot from stage to... And then acting on telly was a very different experience. So yeah, and I mean, fun. when... 
you know, when Sean Maguire was on here, we, we talked a bit about Dodger, man. It was just yeah. saying about it was for a kids' program, it was really bleak. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was like... yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't cheerful. He I'm was like, cool. I, I really liked him. He was a nice guy. Yeah, like not nothing good happened. <laughs> it was everything. <laughs> no, everything was, was, was bad. Like I mean, and your character Tanyard, yeah. he, was, he was horrible, wasn't he? Yeah, he wasn't nice at all. No, no. It's funny. Any TV jobs I've ever got, I've always been played the hard nut or the the rough guy. But most of the stage stuff I've done has always been quite cheeky, chirpy, chappy. Right. So, okay, yeah. fair enough. Okay. And so then after that, it's it's listed that that was when you went to Grange Hill. Yes. So how did that come about? Um, I've got a usual path, I suppose. I'd, I'd got an audition and went in, read for um, read for the director, and uh, I was in, I was at school. Yeah. Um, weeks later, and um, one of the, t- the teachers came in and said, "Look, can we speak to Jamie, please?" And they took me outside, and I thought I was in trouble. And my mum was on the phone, and she said, "Oh, you got it, you got it." So I went straight from my GCSEs, um, you know, school uniform and all that, to to Grange Hill back in school uniform. But no, <laughs> I didn't have to do any. Um, it was that revision times. So I didn't have to do much in terms of schooling as well on, on set, like a lot of the other kids were. Yeah, yeah. And did you audition for the part of Grimbo? If I think so, yeah, yeah, right. I think so, yeah. Okay, so you joined Grange Hill in uh, series fifteen. It went out on a uh, nineteen ninety two, so it would have been ninety one yeah. when you were filming it. But were you already a fan of Grange Hill? Oh, I always used to watch it. I mean, that was the big program of the time, wasn't it? There was, yeah. there was no. Um... I mean, you had, there was no Hollyoaks or anything. Like that. Was there Hollyoaks then? Maybe there was. I can't remember. No, no, Hollyoaks was a little bit later. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there wasn't anything like that. So, yeah, that was the big program at the time. Yeah. Okay. And so, what was it like then, going from someone that had seen, you know, these these people on telly to all of a sudden, you know, you're in the same room as them and you're, you're oh, yeah, with them and A lot of the kids that were in it when I watched it had already left. Right. So I, I couldn't, hadn't worked with a lot of them, but some of them I had, and obviously the teachers. Um, but when you're a kid, you kind of take that stuff in your stride, don't you? So I didn't really an- analyze it too much. It's only on hindsight I used to think, blimey, yeah. <laughs> I was big at the, t- at the time, but I didn't really think about it then. Brilliant. Okay, so you joined, as we said, we, you, you were uh, playing the uh, Grimbo, yeah. And Grimbo was a member of Mix Gang or <laughs> the Smoking Gang or the Cigarette <laughs> Gang, as they were referred to. Yeah, Se- several different times, along with um, with with Big Frank and yeah. Barry Timpson, who was who'd already been in in the show for a couple of years. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, I knew who he was. But, uh, yeah, uh, David yeah. David Crane. Yeah, were you a smoker? No, I didn't. I mean, I've got to be careful because my son might listen to this. So I did <laughs> peer pressure stuff at school, but yeah, no, not really. Right. Okay. And then the the first time we see Grimbo. He's with uh, Barry. Is trying to buy cigarettes, right? Um, but he's not getting anywhere with it. And Mick, who's played by uh, Joe Polby, and but, uh, what a character Mick was anyway. Oh, and, but to, have Joe, Joe, to have Joe Polby playing him, yeah, nice well, like. and Chris as well, big Chris. Yeah, <laughs> but Mick, Mick told Barry that he couldn't hang around with them. If he couldn't get any any uh, cigarettes, and you know, and you just think, what a what a thing for for a kid to be saying, <laughs> you can't be my mate if you can't buy any, like. But yeah, and then like like most like most smokers do at school, 
they were always looking for somewhere to go and have a sport. Yes, yeah. And they ended up in the shed in the yeah, beach yeah, that's <laughs> right. yeah the, the caretaker's shed wasn't it yeah yeah there was a, a shed out in in, in the, the peace garden uh, and i think like the workers the workers went in there and stuff as well and barry then turned up with cigarettes so he could be there mate again okay right okay i don't remember that i remember the peace shed around the peace garden yeah yeah no but like the big thing around that was so at the time in, in, in Grange Hill, there was a school newspaper yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. no one ever seemed to be doing any work in school. They always seemed to be trying to find stories <laughs> <laughs> for the newspaper. And that was when the gang had been picking on a first-year kid and Ray, Ray overheard them. Oh, uh, yeah, Kelly George, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Kelly George, yeah. Um, and he started writing about them for... For the newspaper, and then in the toilets, the the gang sort of cornered Ray. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And and they warned him not to write anything about them. I always thought that was a bit ridiculous because Kelly was clearly a little bit older than us. <laughs> <laughs> beat us up, <laughs> the of his head. I always felt a bit stupid in that stuff. Yeah, he he he. he, he... Let, let's just say Kelly, he didn't look his age, did he? Yeah, and I used to hide behind uh, Big Chris. So... Yeah. Push into the front. Yeah. Now the other thing that the other person the cigarette gang were, were were keeping an eye on was Justine Dean. But not for the way most lads would have been keeping an eye on Justine, to be honest. You know, she was the editor of the paper and they were worried that if she wrote anything about them, you were going oh, to get yeah, it. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Rachel. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were worried that they they would go they'd get into trouble and then the newspaper did get published, but the gang managed to get hold of quite a lot of the newspapers but we were unable to stop them all getting out and Mad Max, Mr Hargreaves saying that a gang was selling cigarettes to first years which he wasn't happy about and later on in that episode Justine was pushed into the lockers and got knocked out God yeah was it? You never actually, I don't think you'd ever actually find out who it was Really, I can't um, remember. But do you know who it was? No, I was just thinking. I don't remember. <laughs> I vaguely remember having a a fake cut on her head with yeah. some plaster of some sort. But no, until you just said that, I'd completely forgot about all that. Yeah, it's okay. Um, because as I say, I don't think it was ever sort of found out because she just wants to get on with it and just you know just leave it sort of thing. But I was just wondering if behind. Hang on a minute. I might be. I might be. I've got Mick, so maybe for some reason I've got him as the culprit, but right. I might be wrong. Okay, all right. Because you, re- you really don't see you, you, you don't see any hand or anything. You just see sort of like the force okay. getting, getting pushed into it. Because obviously, Justine's mates thought it was the, the gang that had done it. And obviously, right. they were heavily under suspicion. Probably wasn't. But, uh, you know, it, it led to Mr. Robson asking them, but they always maintained their innocence on that one. Yeah. So... If you don't know, then I don't, I don't know how, how, how anyone will ever find out. Um, so then they went back to the shed uh, where yeah. they'd been smoking, but they found that someone had been in and taken their cigarettes. Now, why lads were leaving their cigarettes behind? I, I don't know why they didn't have them in their bags or whatever. Like, <laughs> like you know, the thing that always got me anyway with not just. Uh, on, on Green Hill, but but smokers yeah. in general at school was how yeah. did they afford them? Do you know, I know what I mean? well, yeah. I mean, was they, all... were, 
They were a lot cheaper then. I think it's yeah, cheap. but like, I, I, it was one of those things. Like, um, MBA for the boxer matches. Yeah. Back month. Now it would. <laughs> I mean, but, but back when, like, you know, even before I started high school, you could always buy Lucy's, what they called Lucy's. You could just buy right. one or two cigarettes. Oh, really? Oh, no. Yeah, but yeah, not a. I just don't know. Anyway, so anyway, so they found out that someone had been in and taken the, the cigarettes. But there was also the shed was getting used by like some of the, the kids who were using it for like, you know, normal purposes because they were looking after the garden. And Yeah, it's a potting shed or something. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. And so Alice, remember, Alice went in to get it. They went into the shed to get a flask and the gang saw it and confronted her and broke like her cups and stuff. Yeah. Like that, and Alice then went back to Justine and told her about the gang in the shed. And so Justine went to investigate, and when she went to investigate, she found that Grimbo and Mick were were selling, had been selling cigarettes to the first years, but told them that they wouldn't have any. They would have cigarettes in a week because their supply had been uh, been, been short. And, and and to go back and see them then, now I just think that just sounded strange because. When Mick had told Barry he couldn't knock about with them if he didn't have any cigarettes, and he, he didn't have any themselves, uh, so <laughs> it, just... <laughs> it wasn't a great business plan. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> um, and then so Justine was there, and she'd overheard them telling them to go back and see them in a week when they'd have cigarettes. So Justine decided <laughs> that she was going to go back in a week, and she also told the gang that the police would find out about them selling cigarettes to the year, to the first years. Um, right. But they didn't believe her. So she played them an edited version of an interview. I don't know if you remember this, with Mrs. Keel. Oh, my God. I do remember exactly that, because we all got a fit of the giggles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it sounded like the police knew about them selling the cigarettes. Right, yeah. And so they ended up flushing the cigarettes down the toilet. Yes, I remember that. No, there was quite a few scenes in the toilets, wasn't there, with, with your lot? Because I suppose, yeah. I suppose <laughs> that that was one place smokers would have gone yeah. anyway. Um, but yeah. it would, it, you'd always seem to find like the odd lads at school. Yeah, it was the only place they didn't have smoke alarms. Yeah, they need and they needed somewhere to lurk as well. I, I found like, but I remember me and me and Chris used to have to throw the cigarettes, and he's a big lad. He didn't yeah. like to do then, you know. And uh, we'd always have to squeeze into this cubicle with Dave, Dave and Joe's head over the top or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, in that series, there'd been a lot of things with gangs and gang fighting. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the feud, the, the feud between Grange Hill and St. Joe's yeah. it ramped up and ramped up until it there was the massive fight yeah, I remember on, the, that, yeah. on the waste ground. So what are your memories of that? Because... Alan Cave told me he was absolutely terrified that day because there was that many people there and they just bust loads of people in. Julie Buckfield told me she was all right because she was with Joe Povey. She was a mate of Joe Povey and he, right, was, yeah. looking, he was looking after her. What are your memories of that? I remember, like you say, a lot of people around. And I also, it was a derelict, uh, oh, it looked like an old office block or something. They were right. about yeah, demolished yeah. or something. And we were all, there was loads of loose rocks and stones everywhere. And there was a steady cam. And yeah, I was a bit intimidated by all that as well. Yeah, because there was a few guys from St. Joe's that also had that uh, that quality of they were probably a bit older <laughs> yeah. than, 
they were playing. Well, as was I, but I looked, I still look young. But yeah, that's quite intimidating as well. Yeah, I remember yeah, we were all rushing towards St. Joe's. Yeah, I don't have a lot of memories, but what yeah. you mentioned. That's all Alan, Alan Cave says he was convinced there was like people like smoking crack and all kinds. Of <laughs> really? Yeah. He said, he, well, I was, maybe I was sitting near Joe. <laughs> like, he said he was. It, it was it because he was because he was younger as well. He maybe Julie was looking after me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he he said he because he, he was younger. He said he was just so he was just so scared by. Yeah, he was young, wasn't he? Yeah, by yeah. everything. Yeah. Okay. Another thing that the the smoking gang did was we just talked about the toilets. You know, as lads do, they spent some of their time vandalising. Yeah. The toilets as well, and again, it was Ray that caught them, and he tried to stop them, but. They couldn't, but he couldn't, obviously, because, you know, he was outnumbered 4-1, yeah. even though you said Kelly George against those four lads might have done something. <laughs> um, but Ray Haynes... <laughs> <laughs> Ray Haynes didn't. And there's a bit where the lads try and go and do some proper damage, but they ended up getting soaked because the, the they were trying to, um, like, stuff down... I think they were trying to stuff stuff down the toilets. Oh, wasn't when, there a burst pipe or something? There was a burst pipe, yeah and, yeah, and he ended up getting soaked. Yeah, I was just wondering if you had any sort of memories on that one. No, I, I think I remember watching Joe get wet quite a lot. Yeah, I don't he, remember getting wet myself too much. Yeah, Joe, Joe seems to take the worst of it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, there was nothing comedy, wah, 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 wah. Yeah. <laughs> no, if I remember rightly, yeah. And he got the worst of that. <laughs> yeah, okay. And another thing then, Miss Janowitz was leaving the American teacher. So Richard had done a collection. They'd made a, a collection for it. And the lads had tried to rob the collection from right. Richard. And they, so they were waiting for him outside outside school. Right. Um, and they were all at different points. But then Richard sees someone that he knows who was working for a newspaper, a, a, a real newspaper, not the school newspaper. And he ends up giving them a lift. He ends up giving Richard a lift. And the lads thought that Richard had vanished. And couldn't work out. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, that, was Des- that Desmond Askew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an- another one who looked slightly older than he was. Uh, than he was probably playing like. Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah. So they didn't get to to get the money in the end. But yeah. what they did do was they went to. <laughs> now this this bit gets me. Always gets me. They went to the school fashion show. Oh my um, god! <laughs> yeah. which, which didn't seem to be the type of thing. <laughs> that the cigarette gang would have gone to if I'm if I'm completely honest. No. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. If I'm completely honest, they didn't see they didn't see the table lads that would have gone to, to to the fashion show. But there they were. Yeah. But when they were there, they realised that they could get the money that the the collection that they've been trying to they've been trying to get, and they did actually steal the money in the end for Miss Janowitz's presents and it was Ray again caught them spending the money. Oh really? And it looked like they'd got away with it because Ray wasn't going to be able to prove it but the next day was the last day of term. I don't even remember this one and the gang were in the bike sheds and they were actually smoking and they were drinking alcohol as well that they bought with the money. We were. Yeah. And the other lads went looking for them because they'd stolen the money, the likes of right. Richard and Ray and and uh, and Nick. 
and it looked like it was about to kick off. It was, something, was, something was about to happen. I do remember that. Until Mr. Robson, Mr. McKenzie, <laughs> and Mr. Hankin <laughs> all, all intervened. <laughs> and they took the gang to Mrs. Keel's office and they were expelled. Now, just on that, because obviously you've got, you've got a scene there with four members of staff, four teachers. Yeah. What, was the, actors as well. what was what was the relationship like between the, the, the kids and the adults? It was good, yeah. We got on well with them. I don't have any I don't have any recollection of a distance. Maybe because maybe I wasn't I wasn't I didn't consider myself one of the kids because I wasn't in schooling, as it were, so yeah. I, used to, I used to just hang out and. So you didn't need you didn't need chaperone or anything like that, did you? No, no, I just I literally just avoided that by like a couple of months because I'd, right. I'd just done my GCSEs or was about to. Uh, yeah, no, they they were lovely. And I remember Anna Quayle being very friendly. Yeah, and uh, and Mr. Robson, oh, I forgot his Stuart Stuart Morgan. Yeah, he was always very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and you being being in a scene with those guys was quite intimidating because they were. Right. You know, very well established, uh, accomplished actors. So there was definitely a lot of learning going on. The other yeah. side of it, making sure you're doing the right thing. You know, yeah. From and, up to them, make, you know, and of course Lee Corns as well. Lee Corns, yeah, yeah. And like I, I love Lee Corns. Like when he yeah. was on, he, he he came on here, and I could have done you know a series of podcasts <laughs> just just talking to him because yeah he, 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 he was in Grangeville for that long but he just had so many stories about yeah, yeah, other yeah. things as well and everyone just yeah. says how how yeah. naturally funny he, <laughs> he, he was as well like so we just said that the lads were expelled then uh, yeah. so were you expecting that that would be it for your well, time actually, after, uh, after the well, first series not to correct you I think we were suspended right or I, I think that was the deal because it the next in the next series, yeah, I don't know to jump into yeah. that was more of, of a definite, but it was definitely a, a suspension. I think I think what what happened was in in the next series, Barry Timpson was back in school and everyone was sort of confused as right. to why, and he was he was there on his own, right. and everyone was after him and giving him right, grief okay. and, and chasing him and stuff. And yeah. there's a scene where he's getting chased by girls. Because okay. you know he's on his own, he's got no backup, and the girls are chasing him, and then he falls on the corridor, and the girls run after him, and then they all stop in the tracks because round the corner oh, that's <laughs> come, <laughs> come Grimbo, Mick, and Frank. <laughs> um, so threatening. Yeah, but then the next, the, the the next episode that was that was like the end of that was like your yeah. East Enders, East Enders stuff. Good, yeah. yeah. Um but the next series, the next episode, sorry, they went to Mrs. Keel's office and you see them and she's talking to them. Yeah. And she was really unwell. She had a really sore throat. That's and, right. And you could hardly hear what was getting said. We were, getting, the, we were laughing at, weren't we? The lads were just really taken well, Mick was taking the Mick, shall we say? Um <laughs> and they they all just seemed to wind her up and laughing at it. Now was the laughing genuine? Because it that, looks like it was. <laughs> no, we were no. It was always, that was in the script. If you remember rightly, there's some, right. some things that really stick in your mind, aren't there? Yeah. No, that was definitely in the script. The laughing of that. Uh, but we were we as a group, we were kind of giggly anyway. Yeah. We, in the outtakes at the party at the end of the season, there's quite a lot of clips of us. Uh, you know, not being able to control ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, might, I imagine it must be it must be difficult if you're having to play. 
that type of character yeah. all the time, but you're there with your mates. Yeah, and if, of, especially if you're quite jokey people, yeah, uh, it kind of goes against what your your natural instincts would be yeah. to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like obviously you you worked a lot with 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 the three lads, and yeah, would you say that you were you were close as a group? Anyway, yeah, right? yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd love to get in touch with them again. Joe used to come down uh, down to ours quite a lot, and, and Chris oh. did as well. And Dave, David Crane was lovely lad. He was so funny. Yeah. yeah, I've lost touch with all of them, unfortunately. All oh, right, okay. Well, maybe, maybe if any of them listen to this, maybe we can uh, we can oh, sort something out there. Like, um, okay. So, I, I I just I just love watching that scene though because it's just it's it's so funny because she's trying to be so serious with them. She's got such a sore throat. <laughs> the lads are all just laughing at her. And yeah. There's a bit where she says, "Do you understand what I'm saying to you?" And Mick replies to her. Not really. With, with it, like the same sort of voice, you know. Do you understand? Yes. You know, he, he does that type of thing, like. Um, but then they all promised that what had happened wouldn't happen again. You know the yeah. way the, the way the lads do, and straight away they're out there. They're picking on little kids then. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. straight away. Now there was a storyline. Do you remember this one with it? Natasha Stevens, who was you know Claire Buckfield, this was yeah yeah um, about a, a diary be, a getting photocopied oh, yeah yeah and and posted around the school and oh my god yeah that's right yeah they were in in the diary the lads were mentioned saying that they weren't really that frightening even though they thought they were okay. so so the lads decide that they need to start having a you know try and do a little bit more and and they start having a go at Mary if you remember Mary was the yeah, the, the, the traveller yeah the traveller um, and they start having a go at it but she manages to get her own back and she floors um one of them and runs off really? maybe. yeah <laughs> probably yeah and so you know, obviously, you know, maybe they weren't that frightening after no, all, because no, no, no. uh, then there's a few little things where, like, Barry and Grimbo were having a go at one of the younger kids, one of the first years, and yeah. but Jacko and his mates turn up yeah. and stop them, and and the first thing Grimbo and Barry says to him, "Well, you wait till Mick hears about this," right. and Jacko and, and and his mates just sort of laugh at laugh at them and they. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and walk off. Now, part of the deal with uh, the lads being back in the school was they had to do like community work, community service. That's right. I and mean, this is like sort of this is like your your sort of main storyline. Yeah. I, I, I feel like yeah, it definitely led more into into our yeah. Yeah. So you know story, when when you're told that you're going to get a storyline like that, but you're going, you know, you're not just going to be one of mixed henchmen. And you yeah. sort of go start and getting your own storyline. How that? What, what was that? How's that like as as a, a child actor being told? Again, like I said, you just you just go through it. You don't think about that nowadays. If you know, if I was in something and I got a story, I'd be oh my god, I'd be so excited. But you, yeah. you just, that was just uh, it was kind of that borderline between obviously acting is a is a hobby generally, yeah. and then you turn it into a, a, a career, hopefully. Uh-huh. Um, but at that stage, it was still very much a, a hobby that I was getting paid to do. So I was just love it. I loved it. It was brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Um, and I, I, what I like about this this storyline is you you get to see more of of Grimbo and more of Frank because it's not just you know the four lads together and, and yeah and just 
<laughs> smashing up toilets or, or yeah, finding yeah, yeah. somewhere to smoke. And the, to be honest, the smoking side sort of disappeared a lot it's, in this yeah, series. Went, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a it, it wasn't a, a big thing. Like, but went into our community service storylines. Yeah, it. and they what what uh, Grimbo and Frank they went to an old lady's house. Yeah. Mrs. Sachaski was it? I think. Yeah, something like that. Played by Evie Garrett. No, oh, she was brilliant. I've I've seen Evie Garrett in loads of things, and she, you know, like she was in, she did bits in Little Britain. Oh uh, my, she's so good. She was in everything around that time. Yeah, she did loads. I remember me and Chris getting the giggles again. Uh, <laughs> she was she was playing this. Was she Polish or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. And she had a locket. Uh, I'm jumping ahead from maybe what you're right. saying. But uh, she had this locket and she was referring to her husband, Mikhail, Mikhail or something. And she pronounced it uh, in a very strong Polish accent, which, which came out of nowhere. We weren't ready for that. Right. So she called him Mikhail or something, <laughs> something like that. I remember and me and Chris just lost it. <laughs> poor girl. This poor lady was giving like tears down her face and me and Chris were just laughing. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... Uh... I, like I say, what for the things you've seen, I've seen it. Yeah, she could, she could turn on the tears like like yeah. that. She was amazing. Yeah, oh, brilliant, brilliant. And so, in that in that storyline, they're just doing odd jobs for her around the house. And Grimbo sees some jewelry, and he thinks about taking it, but she sees him in the room, and she sort of ushers him out, asks him to leave. And they also find some computer games. Oh god, yeah. In there. And I can't remember what console it was, but but anyway. It was a Sega, right, okay. God. And so Frank it Frank's gonna nick some of the games, but then she comes back in and that's when she starts telling him a bit more about her life. And like what you've just been saying there. Really and <laughs> you know, she's Polish, she lost her family in the concentration yeah. camps. And Grimbo sort of has a little bit of a crisis of conscience about yeah. What, what he was thinking of doing, uh, yeah. because he, he says, he tells Frank that, you know, the, not to steal yeah. the computer games. And she also tells him that the games are her son's and that she can play as well. Um, <laughs> and so later on, um, you know, because she talked about, about losing her, her husband and, and, and stuff. And Grimbo goes back to her house on his own and Grimbo had a locket. That's right. Yeah. Well, he, or, or he, or not maybe not a locket, but he had a picture. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he had he had a picture of his dad. Oh, did I? Oh, okay, right. He, he said he said his dad had been killed in the Falklands. Oh, right. I forgot about that. And then so she says to him, "Why are you telling me this?" And obviously, Grimble's having a bit of crisis of conscience. His, his emotions are all over the place, yeah. and he he just kicks off. That's um, yeah, 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 he, yeah. he he kicks off and he walks out and there's a time when Frank was in the house and she asks she asks Frank about Grimbo's family and Frank said oh yeah he lives with his dad because his mum has died two years ago so again we're finding out a little bit more about Grimbo and yeah. why he's the way he is but he, he the, the photograph that he had of his of his dad in the locket he bought it in a junk shop. Um, but his dad had actually died, and because she was all confused, and obviously as you would be, because if someone's told you the dad's died, and then someone else says, "Oh yeah, he lives with him." Yeah. What what it was was his real dad had died in the Falklands, and that. the dad he lived with now wasn't his real dad, but had been his mum's partner when his mum 
that died. And yeah. you sort of find an out a little bit more there again about Grimbo. Both his biological parents have died. He's living with somebody who isn't who isn't his dad. <laughs> you know, he's going to be he's naturally you're going to get a bit mixed up, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? You're yeah, going yeah. to get a bit like that. And I I just think that's good because we didn't always see that with. Those bullying types of characters on Granger, no. you, just, you just saw them and you didn't get an idea about their backgrounds. No, you just saw them in the school, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. About that before. Yeah, that's true. But but I and, and I just think it's really like because it gives you a little bit more depth. In, uh, it was a fun. It was a fun storyline to do. I remember that. I remember yeah. With that. So when he was telling all this to Mister Sitchaski, and he said about the fact that you know his family was all you know the way it was, and she she gave him some computer games. That's right. Um, but Grimbo being Grimbo told Frank that he'd nicked them. <laughs> they're, so much, they're talking to Mick about this, and Mick says that they should be nicking more stuff yeah. from their house, you know, if it's if it's easy to do. So that's when Grimbo does actually steal the lockers. Oh, okay. Because so Mick wasn't Joe, he was at a kid's. Like, yeah, front. Joe, yeah. So Mick and Barry had gone to a, like a nursery. That's right. Um, <laughs> Mick didn't like it, but Barry did. Barry loved it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, after Grimbo's taken the lockers, we see the lads in, in a nightclub. Yes. Oh, my God. I remember filming that. Yeah. So, I wore my mates. I don't know if you remember, there's a brand called Joe Blogs. Right. Yeah. 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 But, uh, my mate had a Joe, my mate Mark had a, had a Joe Blogs uh, jumper. And I said, I'll, I'll wear it because we'll wear what I want. Yeah. Uh, kind of bring your own costume sort of day. And uh, and I, I brought I brought in that and they approved it. So, yeah, I wore, I wore my mate's top on telly. <laughs> no, I, I, I like that, like the stuff like where they go to the nightclub because that's what kids do. Yeah. Isn't it? You know what I mean? When they get to that age, six, 15, 16, they do start. Like trying yeah. to get out and, and go out and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I remember having to pretend to dance to the music because obviously they yeah different now. But you used to film these wild tracks, so you they filmed the music, they record the music separately, and then you'd look like you're dancing to music. Yeah. You played, yeah, it was pretty bad. I remember, when I was there, Desmond Askew, as you mentioned before, when when he was on here, there's a scene where he's dancing with uh, Maria Louisa Bradshaw White, yeah, and they're slow dancing. And they've got the oh, right. but then he said, obviously you don't know what music they're going to play, but the music right. that he played for that scene was um, too unlimited. Um, <laughs> get ready for this, and he said, it's not the type, <laughs> it's not the type of dance, it's not the type of music you'd be dancing like that to with with someone. Um, but yeah, so in the nightclub, Nightingales, it was called Nightingales, right? Okay, yeah, in the nightclub, Grimbo gives Mick the locket. Oh, did not okay, but the photo fell out of it. Right. So Grimbo grabbed the locket and he grabbed the photo and, and, and kept hold of it. And Grimbo and Frank tried to then sell the locket as well. Okay. But they were having no luck with it. So then they went back to, you know, Mary, the traveller, again. You know, this is sort of like the the attitudes of people. They they wanted her to sell it because she was a traveller. She'd, right. she'd be used to getting people to buy stuff. Right. You know, uh, right, as yeah. I say, like, it, but that... <laughs> That's one of those things I always think about. I always say about Grange Hill and the fact that it, it wasn't afraid to tackle storylines and it wasn't afraid to tackle the attitudes of people. No, um, well, it's fine. It was it was uh it was it was quite brave with some subjects, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. She would be used to selling stolen goods. That was that <laughs> yeah, was the terrible. Oh that was God. the thing, yeah. But Grimbo 
was was again sort of having this crisis of conscience about you know selling it because he knew he'd nicked it. He knew what it meant to Mister Sachaski. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember feeling how he had to feel bad about all that. Yeah, and he realised basically that he'd done wrong. You know, he knew what he'd done wasn't right. And in the meantime, Mister Sachaski realised that the locket was missing. And she went to see Mrs. Keel because she said the only way it could have gone missing was Graham, as she called him, Graham yeah, or yeah. Frank taking it. So they were they were caught, they you know, they were called to the office and Mr. Chasky said it had been given to her by her husband and it had a special photo of him inside. She wasn't bothered about the locket. She just wanted the photograph and, and, and Grimbo gave her a photograph said he and he said he didn't know why he'd kept it, but he was glad that he did. Because of, you yeah. know what as was saying there, he, he's going through all this all these emotions, he's going through all this stuff and um, he knew he'd done the right thing in the end by yeah. by keeping it because he admitted to stealing the lockets but the lads, you know, they were suspended and eventually they were expelled. But the last time we saw Grimbo, because even after that had happened was when, I don't know if you remember this one, Robin had gone missing. Oh God, Nina Fry? Yeah, Nina Fry, yeah. She'd gone missing, and a bike had been, or a bike had been found in the canal. Oh God, yes, I remember that. And Grimbo and his mates were asking the police about what had happened. Right. So that, so that scene there, because again, that's another different scene where you're not in the school, you've been in a nightclub, you've been yeah, in the we house. Yeah, we were that year, yeah. But now, now you're at the canal. <laughs> um, and, and, and it's it's dark. So was it a morning shoot? Or a night was it... shoot. That's what I remember. That yeah, it was a night shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. were. Um, yeah, you've you've jogged a lot of memories there. Yeah, yeah. yeah was a, I remember it being cold. I think someone had to jump in. I mean, some... they may well have been a, a frogman or something like that. Uh... I remember someone being very cold. Anyway, <laughs> it's okay. And then we never saw Grimbo again. That's it, yeah, we were gone. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really strange because, you know, obviously um, Frank and, and Grimbo were, were suspended to be expelled. Yeah. Mick and Barry were still around at the school. Yeah. Um, but we never saw. Yes, yeah, we just disappeared, didn't we? And yeah. It never resolved, did it? <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. So whose decision was it for you? Oh, it's, just, it's just in the script. It's just that, you know, you just get your script, read the lines, and, and that's it. Um, I never really thought about it. Also, I was I was in the fifth year at Grange Hill, or yeah. whatever it is now, in year 11, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so the, the only way to go any further would have been to go to the sixth form, um, which obviously wasn't an option after that. I, rem- I don't I remember being yeah. expelled, and that was it. And that was just uh, on to the next. To the next. Yeah, Grim- Grimbo didn't seem to be the type of character that would have gone to sixth form, if I'm <laughs> if I'm completely honest. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you a question. It's a question I've never asked anyone before on the podcast. Now, who do you yeah. think who do you think would have won a fight, Grimbo or Tanyard from Dodgem? Oh, Tanyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Grimbo is a whip, really. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd go with, with Tanyard because well, I've watched a few bits of it in, in research for this. And as like I said, he's just horrible, isn't he? He, he yeah. He, he he's just he's so antagonistic, isn't he? He just wants yeah, to, yeah, yeah. he just wants to fight everyone like um, yeah. not as much as the little kids in Dodgem who Oh little uh... <laughs> I forgot what his name was. But yeah, Sean Maguire walks in and he's just like, Do you wanna fight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was lovely, that kid. I forgot his name. Brilliant. So so you you, you know, your, your time in Grange Hill comes to an end. Um, 
19 episodes it was, was. It? yeah over over the over the two series and so did you you, you carried on acting then yeah did... uh yeah i carried on on a, on a couple of guest episodes of the bill um and then uh the ghostbusters of east finchley i did brilliant um, yeah no i looked at that 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 cast Oh my god! Was magnificent, wasn't it? <laughs> like... I mean, I was with. I mean, I was with one one of the uh, uh, impressive members of that cast. But other than that, yeah. So, because I was looking before, so the likes of Paul Reynolds, um, yeah. who was like, he was in everything. He was uh, one of those. Like, yeah, he was one of the people who, like, you might not necessarily have known his name, but you would have seen him in like. He, oh, he was in everything. He done that. press yeah. gang. He did, you know, let him have it. You know, he, have was, it with the big he was one. doing. Also, but like Jan Francis and Ray Winston and Bill Patterson, yeah. and Ron, Ron Jane Cox, uh, Sheila Reed, Anthony Heads. There was just so oh, many. God, was it? I don't even remember. Mark, as he was in it as well, I, I think. Was it, he? it looks like you know a lot, a lot of actors sort of cut their teeth in, in the Ghostbusters of each Finchley. So, who did you get to work with then? I worked with Rona Mitra. I was, a, uh, right. um, I remember. Roller skating in it. Uh, I, I, we were roller skating windscreen wipers, you know, traffic lights. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. And, uh, me, and, me and Rona were, uh, and she's gone on to do God loads of stuff. Yeah. She's like Miss, Mrs. Hollywood now. She's amazing. Yeah. So, could you roller skate? Yes. I Well, I auditioned for a musical called Starlight Express. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And as part of that audition process, you used to go to a skate school for a week and then uh -huh. you'd have your final audition at the end of that. So and I could skate a little bit, so I, I I kind of skated like that, and then I ended up actually doing the show itself a couple of years later. Anyway, oh, well, brilliant, brilliant. yeah. So we were roller skating windscreen wipers. It's <laughs> okay. Um, now, you, so so you left Range Hill in '93. Ghostbusters of East Finchley was '95. The bill was sort of around about that time as well. But then there's nothing else sort of listed in IMDb for about another ten years. No, the TV. The TV stopped. Well, I, I kind of I wanted to sing. Was the right. was the thing. and um and my voice was breaking, and I was advised not to sing during that when your <laughs> voice was breaking okay. because it can damage your voice later on in life. So I stopped, um, and I kind of fumbled around for a couple of years, and then I ended up on the holiday camps um, oh, nice. for what, uh, Warner holidays, the adult only Warner holidays, uh -huh. and then I ended up actually singing more there, learning how to sing. Basically, that. I always considered that my training because I didn't right. train in the formal capacity. Uh -huh. So I uh, was a like a green coat, if you like, red coat on 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 the holiday camps, doing all the cab racing and stuff like that. And oh, so I was out of the business for quite a while, and then uh, I got back into it um, when I got uh, um, Sweeney Todd, a, a theatre cluid. All right. And I got into, then I went down as the huge musical theatre path, which I. Still wow. So can I just ask then, you said you're working at the holiday camps. Is that, was that like sort of all year round or was it literally just for the season? No, that was all year round. Right. Um, they were great. I loved it. It was, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. So all, all the aspects of it. <laughs> yeah. all, all in bingo and, uh, and running um, ballroom classes or whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> keep fit classes. Wow. <laughs> so you have to do everything basically. Yeah, it's a long, yeah. long day. But the standard... Uh, that we had in that particular holiday camp was really high as far as music was concerned. So we got some good singers and we we put on some, we really lent, it, lent into performing the shows uh, at that place quite heavily. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay. Um, 
So what are their sorts of shows have you done then? Um, so I did. I went into Sweeney Todd, and then I did um, the Cantable Ghost. That was a musical with uh, Ron Moody. Remember Ron? Oh Moody? yeah, yeah, he was in that. And then I got into Starlight, Starlight Express in London. Oh. And then it, I, then I did loads of stuff after that. That was the, that was the turning point, I think. Can I ask then, Starlight Express, obviously, you know, you, you've mentioned the fact that it's roller skates. <laughs> is, is there any sort of, like, was there any sort of calamitous uh, incidents when you, like, perform or anything like that? Or no, you just you just get that used to it? like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't a question of, uh, do you ever get injured? It was wake up and assess the worst one. <laughs> oh, wow, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, there was always bumps and, and whatever. Yeah, I saw some. I, I remember, this, not this, I... Um, pulled my tendons and ligaments in my ankle once on one side of the stage in London and I passed out. I, I was, it was in so much pain and they had to cancel the mega mix. There was a mega mix at the end of the show because they couldn't get me across from from one stage of the side of the stage to the other without being in a wheelchair. Oh, <laughs> so right. I thought I'd die because I was covered in this red blanket. <laughs> it's very dramatic. You know, I I thought a wheelchair might have looked not that much out of place on Starlight <laughs> Express, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. We were about to go to the hospital in full costume and makeup, and they had to cut me out of my costume because really? it's giving me an echo. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So then I've got down here that you were in Alice in Wonderland and through yeah, the, the RSC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, was great. that was good fun. And you played Tweedledum, is that right? Tweedledum and a couple of other things as well, but that was the main thing, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. And I've got the last thing that I've got down for on IMDb is a whole lifetime with Jane Dimitri. Jane Dimitri that... yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a very impressive guy. No, I I I, I just got a job called Newsies. Uh, right. uh, I was at the Troubadour Theatre Wembley recently uh-huh. and about the same week I got this phone call saying oh can you come and do this I, did, I didn't even audition for it but I'd auditioned for something else for that casting person a few years well six months before or whatever so I just sort of turned up and did it I was only I wasn't in it very long but it was yeah. fun to do okay so what are you doing at the minute then uh, well like I said I just finished the newsies um, and I'm doing the whole in-between thing at the moment, in-between jobs. Um, oh, right, okay. But COVID, COVID certainly took the wind out of uh, everyone's sails, didn't it? And, and we were we were no exception because the theatre business just completely shut yeah. down for the best part of two years, really, year and a half. Um, so I'm still kind of coming out of that, really. Yeah. Music was brilliant. I really enjoyed that. And I'm hoping that that's going to go into the West End um, right. this year. And hopefully they might ask me to go with it but we'll see so i'm just auditioning at the moment right. um, back on the audition circuit and without prying too much then you said about covid hitting, yeah did you did you do any work of any kind well i was in the lion king um when covid started wow when the lockdown started so i was about to leave a few months later from i was been in there for nine years so i was about to leave and kind of you know get back out yeah. there and then obviously you know nothing for like i don't know six or seven months and friend of mine's a painter and decorator and he took me under his wing and, oh, and uh, I did a bit of that for, for a while. Um, bit of paint and decorate. What else have I been doing? I've been doing all sorts, just paying the bills, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you get tougher as you get older because you're, yeah. you're, you're not as high on the uh, employment heap as you were when you were 20. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. So, I mean, you've mentioned this a little bit, but are you still in touch with any of the cast 
from Grange Hill. No, I'd love to be it. Like I say, I mean, actually, no, it's a lie. I've been in touch with Des. I've, I kind of stumbled across him on Instagram or somewhere, and we had a brief little chat on, via email, which was nice. No, I've not been in touch. I'd love to get in touch with Kelly and David Crane and and Chris and Joe. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I don't really follow Instagram or that that much, so I probably yeah. could find them with a bit of research, maybe. All right, okay. So we are sort of coming just up to the end of the interview now, Jamie, and I've got a few questions for you. It's the, the, yeah. the, the same questions I ask at the end of every interview, and they're all about Grange Hill. Okay. Okay. So recently, there's been talk of the Grange Hill movie. Oh, yes. yeah. Um, you know, Phil Redmond yeah. is, is involved, and Sarah right. Sugarman, and... Kellen Jones, who you know was a teacher in in the Liverpool years of Grange Hill. Oh, right. um, so, what do you think of the idea of a Grange Hill movie? Yeah, why not? I mean, it's got it'll have an audience, um, and it'll uh-huh. probably introduce another audience, a younger audience, to it as well. Uh, yeah, it's a good. Idea. Why not? Brilliant. And if you were asked, would we see the return of Grimbo? I sincerely doubt it, but yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah, well, that's the word. yeah. No one really remembers me, so it's kind of I've got all those lovely memories and all that experience, but but no one remembers who I was. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Was like, right. Anonymity. <laughs> well, I, I remember who you were. Oh, okay. Um, okay then. So, other than uh, Grimbo, who was your favourite character in Grange Hill? Grange Hill. Um, oh, I enjoyed Kelly George's character quite a lot. He was he was fun, and um, uh, Justine she had a nice character. Chris, yeah. who's the one who got pregnant? Christine. Chrissy, Chrissy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they all had nice characters. I thought, yeah. Yeah, and if you couldn't have played Grimbo, which character would you like to have played? Oh blimey! Well, it would have been. It wouldn't have been in my era. It would have been in another. Yeah, era. no, that's cool. I'd like to have played. It was the guy that did London's Burning. All, 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 John Alford. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to have played him or something. Yeah, cool. I enjoyed, enjoyed that era. Okay, then, Jamie. The the final question then is: Why do you think there's still such affection for Grange Hill? I think. Because nowadays, it's a really old fart thing to say. There's so much TV out there. There's so much. You've got your social media and everything. Back then, all you had were four channels, well, five eventually, and that was it. So I think people didn't have a choice but to watch it because that was all that was on for, for a while. So maybe that's got something to do with it. I don't know. Well, Jamie, thank you so much. Uh, for coming on, we we we've tried to make this work for a while, haven't we? I know. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's not worked out, is it? But thank you for your patience. I hope it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. We we have been trying to get this one sorted for for a couple of months now, um, and things just. No, I appreciate your patience. Thank as you. As I've said before, real life has to come first. Real life gets in the way sometimes. Exactly, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. I'm glad we finally we were we were finally able to catch up. Uh, yeah. it's, been, it's been great talking to you and hearing your, your, your time, your experiences on, on know, the program. Thank you, I really enjoyed it, thank you. You've oh, brought back my memories. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, well, once again, thank you so much. And to anyone that's listening, I'll speak to you next time. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.